This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. That's a quote from author and therapist Prentice Hemphill. One of my favorite quotes. Setting boundaries, a concept that has come into vogue in modern psychology relatively recently. We're taught to set boundaries in relationships, keeping ourselves safe and our privacy intact. We're told to be mindful with whom we share certain disclosures and with whom we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We learn to set boundaries with our time, making sure to preserve our own personal self-care and integrity so that we don't become burned out and exhausted. But the truth is that Judaism spoke about boundaries before boundaries were fashionable, before the term was fashionable, before anybody else was talking about boundaries. One of the ways that Judaism teaches about boundaries is with food. There are certain foods that are kosher. There are certain foods that are not kosher. We are meant to set a boundary between the two. There are certain foods that are each kosher in their own right, such as meat and cheese, but the Torah sets a boundary about eating them together. What about the concept of time? Our time is also boundaried in Judaism. There are certain times of the week that are sacred. That's called the Sabbath or Shabbat. There are holidays, as we spoke about in our previous episode, which have other boundaries, right? On Passover, we eat wherever we want, but we do not eat whatever we want. On Sukkot, we can eat whatever we want, but we eat in a sukkah, if at all possible. Then there are boundaries regarding our speech. We are taught to stay far away from dishonesty. Judaism is very mindful of setting boundaries with the truth. We are to create boundaries around gossiping and chronic gossipers. And we are to carefully consider the impact of our words before we speak them. We are to keep our distance from certain people who are a negative influence on us. But one of the most interesting instructions about boundaries in Judaism, to my mind, is not so much about setting a boundary, but about respecting other people's boundaries. In our Torah portion this week, there is a mitzvah that has become known as Hasagat Gavul. It is a little-known mitzvah, has not enjoyed the fame or fortune of, for example, giving charity or blowing a shofar. So what is the essence of this mitzvah? What does it mean? The Torah states, Lo tasig gvul reyecha. Do not move the boundary of your neighbor's field. That's Deuteronomy 19.14. So the main teaching of this law is that a landowner in ancient Israel would not be allowed to change the boundaries of his land in order to illegally appropriate his neighbor's property. But the Talmud explains that this instruction also includes encroaching on another person's property literally and figuratively. So this rule has many, many implications. And one of the ways that this comes to bear is when a person tries to encroach on somebody else's business market, for example, by setting up competition in very close proximity to someone else's business. This rule would also include plagiarism, for example, right? Or even quoting another person's opinion without attribution. Judaism believes in fair trade and competition, and therefore, one would not be allowed to set up a competing business in a community that cannot support two such businesses. 
we're also not allowed to belittle our competitors' products. That's also encroachment. The only exception to this rule, and this is so interesting, is in the realm of education. Because competition breeds excellence, and excellence in education is good for everyone. So it's kind of amazing how careful Judaism is with maintaining the boundaries of another person's business and not inappropriately encroaching on that person's business. It's such a beautiful testament to the ethical integrity of our Torah that protects each person's boundaries and space in a way that also preserves harmony in communities. So this reminds me of a story. One day in the largest church in town, all the worshipers are filing by on the busiest Sunday of the year. As they're walking into the chapel, they pass by an old man with a yarmulke on his head and a beard, collecting charity for his synagogue. And a few feet away from him is a priest dressed in his religious garb, holding out a plate of his own. As the worshipers file by, they take in the scene of these two diametrically opposed men and decidedly give an extra large donation to the priest while shooting looks at the Jewish guy. They just can't help giving dirty looks to this Jew who has appropriated the church space to collect money for his own competing house of worship. And with each passing person, the priest's plate gets fuller and fuller, the Jew's plate remains empty, the noise gets louder and louder as they castigate this Jew for interfering where he does not belong. All the while, this priest is standing in his corner collecting funds and not saying a word. Finally, one of the worshipers turns to the priest and says, listen, I can understand why he's doing what he's doing, but how can you possibly just stand there and say nothing? So with that, the priest turns to the Jew and says, Maisha, can you believe this? They're telling us how to do business. The truth is that this concept of interference comes up often in a small community like the one I live in in Cleveland, Ohio. For example, if a kosher pizza place opens around the corner from the existing kosher pizza place, right? Is that disrespecting someone else's boundaries? The truth is it really depends on a lot of factors. What is the market like? What's the economic power of the community? Can the community reliably sustain both businesses? This is where a spiritual mentor can be very helpful and even necessary to make sure that a person's business ambition is not getting in the way of acting in an ethical and moral way. It's true that competition breeds excellence, but we're not to trample others on our way to excellence. This is where Judaism has the power to provide balance and nuance to even out our own biases and our own desires for success. Respecting another person's boundaries is a way of making sure that all boats rise, that one person's success doesn't spell another person's failure. A community in which people respect each other's boundaries in this way is a community in which each member has much greater potential to thrive and succeed. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.